Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen. All right, let's get into the word. Turn your Bible to Psalms 89 for me. I'm actually in part five of the Unbroken series. I don't want to spend a lot of time in review. You can always go back and look online. You can watch... um, the stream that we had, go through the archives. You can get a podcast. I think you get SoundCloud, all, all the different things on there. You can go online and check all that out. <clears throat> it's great to do that. In fact, I want to welcome all our online audience. I think we had like 401 this morning, first service, uh, watching online. I know they're all in service right now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Late night watching some of those games. But uh, it's always a great option for you. Tell your friends about it. You can give them a link to that. But we just want to open the word this morning in line with our series, which is called Unbroken, Living Unbroken in a Broken World. And that's the reality of the life that we live or the world that we live in, rather, not our life. Our life can be unbroken. And God created this world to be unbroken and everyone in it, that was his original plan and intent, excuse me, and that we know through sin, uh, man's choices, sin came in and broke the world, Uh, but God created a way that we can, in a broken world, find healing, repair, restoration, amen, and experience excuse me, life as God always intended. Life, although uh, here on the earth in the broken world, we can live not as the world, but unbroken. So that's the premise of our series, and I submit to you that the majority of our brokenness seems to come through relationships. That's just life. God created us to be relational people. We interact with people. That's life all the time. That's what we do. And so we're looking, we're looking at, we have been looking at uh, marriage, how to live unbroken in your marriage. We've looked at family. We looked at friends. Uh, we're going to look at today at singleness, being single in life, and what does that look like? And I'm really excited about today's message because I, I will typically do a marriage message or a marriage series, and we don't often enough address the singleness of life, um, although when you look at being single and you look at the marriage picture in scripture, you, you get a vision, you get um, some instruction for your life, but this morning I want to specifically address singleness, and, and in particular I, I asked uh, our youth pastors right here on the front row to uh, cancel the high school class this morning, because uh, I was developing the message, I really felt, well, my girls need to be here, even though, you know, I we shared some of these principles uh, with them at home, but then I thought, well, why not all the teenagers? So I'm glad that you're in here. And if your teen's not here this morning, parents, I want to encourage you to go back and sit down with them. Don't just say, hey, why don't you guys, you guys should go watch the stream. Pastor Don did something on being single. You need to see it. I want you to set a time. You're the parent, right? Set a time, family time, sit down, have a nice meal, sit down, watch the stream, and then discuss it. Because um, I think that we really need to get this truth in the life, not just of our young people, but people that have been single in life and later in life and experienced different things from whether being widowed or brokenness uh, in marriages, et cetera, et cetera. Because God's word is applicable for everyone all the time. And the principles in God's word are true. Here, here's what we know. If we follow worldly principles, we get worldly results. And it's really kind of the world that we're living in today. If we follow godly principles, we'll get godly results, and that's always better than what the world has to offer. And so that's, that's my hope this morning, that you see what God is uh, made available to you. Um, as always, as a pastor, I want to help you, so I need to preach the truth. Um, I do it in love, but open your heart up and just receive what God has. Don't let the enemy lie to you this morning and bring up your past and tell you it's too late, you can't have a new start. That's all lies of the enemy, Right? We know God is a God of new beginnings, and I want to all address that throughout the course of today. But it's important for us to understand the reason why a lot of our relationships aren't working is because we're trying to do relationships the world's way. And so we get the world's results. And if you do relationships the world's way, that's what you'll get. And even in the church, let me say it this way, even in the church, the world's way has become normal. 
We've allowed the world to infiltrate our thinking. We want to be culturally correct. We want to be politically correct. Can I say, I want to be biblically correct. Because really, that's the best course for my life. And so I want to apply God's word to every area of my life, and we endeavor to do that every day. So we need to get God into our world, or we, we, we need to get into God's world. I said that backwards because here's what we do. We try and get God into our world. Bless what I'm doing instead of looking at what's already blessed which is God's plan, and then we fall into that one, which is already blessed. And so we look at the principles of God's word to discover that. And God's world, uh, uh, God's way rather, is the best way, and his way relationally is called covenant. And that's kind of what we've been studying. Uh, Let me define covenant real quick for you. A solemn agreement between two parties to create and maintain successful relationships. A solemn agreement between two parties to create and maintain successful relationships. In fact, when you look in the Old Testament and you break covenant, peel everything down to the basis of covenant, it means to cut where there's blood, which basically speaks it is the highest level of relationship there possibly can be, and that is the relationship God chose to have with you, because we know he wanted a relationship with you so much that he sent his son to the earth and he shed his blood so that we could have the highest possible relationship obtainable with him. And that's good news. And we celebrate that. And we, like, we love that, don't we? I'm thankful that I'm in a covenant with God. It is the relationship that he chose. We do so through Jesus. <clears throat> so there's no higher level of relationship. It's the one God has chosen to have with you through the blood of Jesus. And we're glad for that. And Psalms 89 says this, 89.34, New Living Translation. No, God says, I will not break my covenant. I will not break this level or standard of relationship I have with you. I'm not gonna think about breaking it. I'm not gonna change my mind. I did not make a mistake. I am in the highest, I'm committed to the highest level relationship possible with you and I will not take back a single word. No matter what you've done, no matter what this world has done and said, I'm not taking it back. I'm not changing my mind. And just because it's thousands of years later, You know, God sees everything from beginning to end. Well, God just didn't see the times I live in today. Are you serious? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says everything all the time. His word is is timeless. And so today, my message, talking about single but unbroken, or covenant singles. And so I want it really to open your heart up to receive this morning. So let me set it up this way. I'm gonna tell you a story. Once upon a time, there was a young man who saw this young lady and he, she thought he looked, he, he thought she looked pretty, so she smelled good, looked pretty. Hey, you want to go on a date with me? And she said, yeah, I'd love to go on a date with you. And so he picked her up at her house and took her out on a date, went to a restaurant, and, it, and she ordered the most expensive thing on the menu, which is what I trained my girls to do. And uh, so... <laughs> A little deterrent there, and uh, so, so, and so they, they, so he panicked and paid for it, and and so he took her home, and she said, "Well, you want to, you want to come inside?" And he said, "Yeah, I, that, I'm gonna come inside," and and so they went inside, sat on the couch, just spent a little too much time on the couch, and did things they shouldn't have done because they spent so much time alone on the couch. And she asked him, "You want to stay the night?" And he said, "Yeah, I'd like to stay the night. That's just what everybody does today. Let's stay the night." And he stayed the night, and they did things that married people do. And the next morning, they get up and they go on through their life and this relationship until he finds a girl that's really pretty and smells really good and he decides he likes this one so he breaks up with the other one, breaks her heart but after a short time another boy finds her, she rebounds and they go through this cycle again and again and again until one day the boy finds a special girl, the girl finds a special boy and then they get married and they're married 10 years and the the marriage ends in divorce and they're asking why, how did this happen And, and the point of the story this morning that I believe is this, the answer to their the story is that they were doing married what they practiced their whole life dating. That the reality is we play like we practice. 
let's just be honest, right? I mean, we talk about that in work. We talk about that up here on stage. We, we talk about that in sports. You play like you practice. How you live your life and prepare for life is how you will live your life. Just because the season changes doesn't mean that that's gonna change in our life necessarily. So we have to be aware of what we're doing before we enter into that marriage covenant. And then even after we find ourselves later in life having brokenness and hurt from uh, failed marriages or uh, widow or things like that, these principles still hold true. So whether you're a young person in high school or college and just kind of getting started in this or, or you've been there before, this is applicable to your life and I, I want you to take it to heart. I don't mean any of this to seem hard, but I want to tell it straight to you from the words. So let's start in Romans 12.2. Romans 12.2, New Living Translation says this, pretty plain, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world and I think that's what's happening. <clears throat> it's easy for us to take on the world's mindset and to do things the way the world does things and you'll get worldly results. But let God transform you into a new person. We all want a new start, a fresh start. By changing the way you think. We have to change the way we think. We cannot think like the world thinks. God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So we need to get our thoughts in line with his thoughts. Why? Because if you can think the way God thinks, it has the power to transform your life. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. We're not just talking about good ideas, we're talking about powerful ideas to transform your life. So if we get our thinking in line with God's thinking, despite what the world thinks, God's thinking has the power to transform or change our lives. And that's what we want. And it goes on to say, you'll learn to know what God's will is for you. So we need God's will, we need God's plan, we need God's uh, pattern for, for life, marriage, and dating, and singleness. And so we don't copy the behavior of the world, and I, again, I agree that that's probably what's happening, but we need to look at some different type of thinking. And today I wanna offer you a different way to think based on God's word. And this says it's not just a good idea but it has the power to transform you. So God's way of thinking is the better way. Uh, you know, really dating is kind of a relatively new concept. If you study out the history of dating, we think it goes back to the history the beginning of time. It does not. It's about 1950s where really dating came on the scene, became popular. Up until that point in time, understand that the custom of dating was similar to what you see in the scripture where the family was involved. It wasn't just two young people kind of uh, going off by themselves and then when they figure out this is the person, then they come to mom and dad and ask them to pay for the wedding. <laughs> it was the family was involved from the beginning. Actually, what we see today is, is relatively new and because it's the world's mindset has trickled into that. And in fact, in many cultures, you still see it the old way. And so it's different than what God intended. And when I say family, if you don't have a healthy functioning family, then I'm talking about the church family, amen? That's why God brings us together in churches because it's hard to find a healthy functioning family, if you will, in today's world, but God puts us in a family, amen? A church, a support system that will help us and speak into our lives, that will help us put guardrails on that, that will make sure that, that we're following the things that God said to follow, and it could be your youth pastors, it could be your pastors or other relationships within the church in small groups or serving groups or whatever that looks like. So understand, I know families don't look the same today because of the world's mind set, but God's also talking about the church family, and it's important for us to get connected that way. Um, <clears throat> as far as it goes with like, in, in fact, girls today, it seems like, you know, the idea of girls waiting for a guy to come ask him, it didn't, it wasn't always that way. In fact, not only were dads gatekeepers, we talked about that about two weeks ago, but dads were scouts. They were on the scouting party. Why? Because they weren't going to leave it up to the one, and I'm still trying to work that. My girls aren't cooperating, but I'm still trying to work that way with them. 
But if the family was involved in the process and the family was out there working on things, it didn't, the parents didn't get involved until it's time someone paid the bill for the wedding. And understand the standards were high. Then the standards were high, because that's my girl. The standards were high. And so I think today standards have lowered. And isn't that the world? The world has lower standards than God's standards. I say we need to have God's standards, amen. Set the bar high because we're talking about people entering into marriage covenant relationship. In fact, it seems like today there are higher standards for other things. And I'll just, let me use this example of things you hear people all the time and, and you, you talk to people all the time and it's like somebody comes to pick up my daughter and it's like, okay, you two kids go have fun. Don't do what I would do or wouldn't do or anything I wouldn't do. When you come ask that same man to borrow his car, he's like, where are you going? How long are you gonna be out? Where are you gonna take it? Better not have a mark on it when you bring it back. But don't bring it back empty. It needs to be refilled, refreshed, right? It just seems like somehow we've, again, the world, let's leave it up to them. It's okay, they'll, they'll figure it out. Oh, they're so cute. It's like, there's other things that God's asking us to be aware of in scripture that we need to be mindful of today. And so I think for many of us, the people would say, oh, come on, then you're nuts, you're crazy, you're asking for too much, that's not normal. Guess what, normal's not working. Normal gets worldly results, godly gets godly results. 1 Corinthians 3.18 says this, stop deceiving yourselves if you think you are wise by this world's standards. Man, let me read that again. Stop deceiving yourselves if you think you're wise by this world's standards. I do the world's standards better than anybody else. Guess what? That says that you're not wise because it goes on to say you need to become a fool then to be truly wise or it implies then you need to do what God's saying because God's ways are wiser than man's ways and he takes the foolish things to confound the wise. So let's not boast in worldly wisdom, let's boast in the principles and practices of God that the world will say is foolish. Come on, not the world today. Come on, pastor. That's a little silly today, really. I mean, it's different today. And I would say, is it working? I don't believe that it is. So the first part we're gonna look into, uh, kind of a PG-13 kind of thing right now. Just gonna give you a heads up, parents. Uh, Book of the Bible, Song of Solomon. A little PG-13, gets a little spicy in some of this. It's now the young men, what what book was that? What book did he say? Let me look over there. (laughs) Maybe the guys will go home and read the Bible now. Okay, so so we're gonna look in Song of Solomon. Take a look uh, for me in chapter eight, verse six. Chapter eight, verse six. It might say Song of Psalms in your Bible, Song of Solomon, chapter eight, verse six. Let me read that, let me start there. Here's what it says. Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, for love is strong as death. Well, let's stop for there for a second. I mean, he's talking about, he's really talking about like a signet ring. If you study that out, you know, back in the day, they would have a, a symbol on a ring that would represent a particular family. And so basically what this is talking about is like a promise ring or a purity ring or a true love weights ring. And, and basically the idea here is this, and let me finish the description, I'll tell you. Place me like a seal over your heart, they'd wear it on a chain, so that would symbolically cover your heart. And like a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death, it's jealousy unyielding as the grave, it burns like a blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Basically what he's talking about here is make a covenant before you enter into the covenant. He's saying this, make a commitment before you enter into a commitment. Are you with me? God's way is instructing us in this. Make a covenant with God, make a covenant with yourself, and make a covenant with that one, whoever that may be, before you enter into the covenant. And he says this, he says, love is as strong as death. And really, when you read that, it reads this way, that they are, they are saying, till death do us part before the wedding. They're making that covenant commitment there. 
They're saying that there's a higher way. I, I, I want to commit to that. I, I want to I keep myself at that place. I'll not be unfaithful to my future. Now, uh, let's take a look at verse eight. Now, when things go wrong and don't necessarily line up that way, work that way, then what happens or what do you do? Verse eight, it tells us, and here's what he says. He says, we, we have a little sister and her breasts are not yet grown. Basically, that is talking about the age or season of life she's in. And he's saying, we have a little sister, and this is the family, we have a little sister, and she's still kind of young. She's not mature, not developed. So it goes on to say this, what shall we do for our sister on the day she is spoken for? Next verse is this. If she is a wall, we'll build, a, we'll build towers of silver on her. It says, if she's a wall, if she's honored that commitment, and she has built that, that wall, no, I'm not going there, no, we're not doing this, I'm committed, I'm in a covenant before I enter into a covenant. If she's built a wall on that day, then we'll celebrate her, we'll honor her with towers of silver on her. Now, if she's a door, it says, we'll enclose her with panels of cedar. Now it says if she's a door, if she's not honored herself, if she's not honored a commitment, if she's been like an open or revolving door, and, and I know you're gonna say, really, pastor, really? And I would say, I'm just reading the Bible. But the reality is that if we get to that place, if somebody gets and finds themselves at that place, look what it says. Now here's the good, the good news in that. We will enclose her with panels of cedar. So what that means is this, if she's not honored or kept that kind of commitment, then we will surround her with love, we will surround her with support, and we will build a wall around her. We won't let the world lie to her and tell her that she has no significance or no value. We'll surround her and tell her she still has value, and we'll help her at that moment in time protect herself till that covenant comes. That's good news. That's the importance of a family or a church family, depending on what your family dynamic looks like. Listen, it's great if she's been able to stay at that place, but if she's not, then we're gonna surround her with love and protection and forgiveness and grace and build a wall around her, amen. That's the power of family, amen? Yeah, that deserves a round of applause, right? The idea there. That was more like a golf clap, but that's okay. Let's go on. I'm a wall. I'm a wall, and my breasts are like towers. Thus, I have become, in his eyes, like one bringing contentment. The word contentment, if you study it down, really is the word shalom, which really means peace. Then I've brought peace. So the one who's able to honor and keep the commitment, or even if you're, you're not, or you've heard this message late, or you had other things going on in life, when you get back to that place, when you enter into that covenant, if you'll honor from this point forward, you'll bring peace into that situation. And again, we start here, amen? And if, if you're feeling condemnation right now, it's not me, it's the devil. Because when you talk about marriage or marriage or relationships, he wants to bring everything in your past up so you don't listen to the truth of the word of God. He wants to bring everything up so you feel guilt and shame and you shut down and you don't find the freedom that God's word will bring and the new beginning that the Holy Spirit can bring to every one of our lives, amen? So make sure that you hear through the right ears this morning and we can understand that God has a better way for you and I, and we can start here. Here's a question on many of our minds right now. What if I've already gone too far? Well, we'll get to that in a little bit. Let me give you today's definition of dating, today's world. Here's what I believe it is. Doing married things without covenant. Doing married things without covenant. That's dating. Never entering to a married covenant, but wanting to, be, to, to do married things. And you know, that's why so many marriages fail. I believe it's because we play like we practice. And the thought really is to be free 
and do all the things we can do before we get tied down and then be faithful. That's the mindset of the world. Let's have the freedom we can have, do everything you want to do now because there's going to come a day that you're going to get tied down and you need to be faithful to that one. You're going to be stuck. But understand, you play like you practice. And we're going to look at a different standard. We're, we're not going to look back and feel all the past. We're going to start from today and do it right and move it forward. Let me give you three covenants we need to make today. Three covenants. Number one, a covenant of preparation. Covenant of preparation. I will make a covenant with God, with myself, of what I'm going to do until I get married. Wherever you are in life, wherever your past is today, I will make a covenant with God and myself with what I'm going to do until I get married. And this passage, or this season really of covenant preparation, is not just for young people, but let's use that as an example now. Young people, we prepare young people for their life in so many areas. Like tomorrow, I don't know tomorrow if anybody has school because it's Columbus Day, but if not tomorrow, then Tuesday, whenever the next time I have school, guess what? Parents are going to get up. They're going to be knocking on their kid's door and they're going to say, hey, Johnny, hey, Susie, get out of bed. You got to go to school. I don't want to go to school. Then I don't care. You're going to go to school. You're not going to miss. You need to do well. You need to study in that test. What's your homework looking like? What's your grades looking like? Don't you bring home a bad grade report. You're going to be grounded. <laughs> you know, I, oh, that's just me, I guess. Okay, so and you're going <laughs> you're gonna, to you're gonna work hard because why? Because we're going to work hard right now. We're going to sacrifice right now because your future here. We want you to have the freedom of a good job. We want you to have freedom of income, of earning. We want you to learn something so you can have freedom out there in life. You're going to work hard now so you can have freedom later. It just seems like a little different in relationships. You know what, don't get tied down to one person right now. You know, date as many as you can. You need to see what it's gonna be like. You need to find out who you want. You need to find out what you want. Just don't, get, don't give your heart away right now. Go out with a whole bunch of people. Just don't go out with one. And then when that day comes, you're just gonna go out with one. So now we're giving you all kinds of freedom right now. And then, so it'll be, you have freedom right now and then it'll be harder in the future. Do you see that? How we, we manage relationships in life today. And it's totally opposite to what God says. And we need to make sure that we're looking even at our relationships. Relationships, people will say, date them all, because one day you get tied down, you'll be stuck, and it's over. <laughs> and we make it hard now for freedom later, but in relationships, we say be free now because it gets harder later. And that's wrong. The season is a season of preparation. So we make a covenant with ourselves and with what our relationships will look like until we get to ourselves to the one. The question is, how do we prepare? And here it is. Let me tell you how you prepare. It's not about finding the right one, it's about being the right one. That's your focus. It's not about finding the right one, it's about being the right one. I'm gonna take this season and see how close to Jesus I can get. How close can I possibly get to Jesus? Because don't think if you get married that it's gonna, in some sense it does bring you closer to Jesus. I was gonna say something different. But listen, you need to see how close you can get to Jesus right now. And if you get close to Jesus where you look more like Jesus, you're gonna be super attractive to the one that God has for you. So it's not, this world has nothing to offer better than what God has to offer. So we just need to get as close to Jesus as we can and enjoy all he has to offer. And then when we become more like him, that'll be more attracted to the right person he has. Amen? The right kind of person that he has. I'm gonna take this season to see how close I can get to Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3 says that we are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. I'm gonna get as close to God as I possibly can so he can mold me and shape me. Number two. Second covenant calling to you, I'm calling you to, is a covenant of purity, covenant purity. You need to make a covenant with yourself on how far is too far. Make a covenant on how far is too far. Here's the question, how far is too far? That's what I get all the time, how far is too far? And can I say, if you're asking that question, wherever it is that brought that question to mind, that was too far, <laughs> all right? <laughs> 
But let me answer that question this way, the how far is too far question. Because we think there is a line that we cross where it becomes sin. Like we're looking for something to be okay. We think there's a line that we cross where it becomes sin. Listen, those in covenant purity aren't looking to see how close they can get to the line without crossing it. They're seeing how far they can stay away from the line as possible. So here's the line. Don't even get the process started. Don't even get the process started. If holding hands gets the process started, that's too far. And you know where the process starts. Now I know that, and I was like, come on, that's kind of silly, holding hands, come on. That's kind of foolish, is it? By whose standards? Because understand this, God designed sex. God designed it. And he put the pleasure in it. He never intended for the process to be interrupted. It was designed for completion. It was designed to be carried out fully. So where's the process start with you? That's the line. Because once that process started, God created it in a covenant marriage. He never intended it for it to be interrupted or stopped. And that's why it's next to impossible too. How far is too far? Wherever the line is where the process starts. That's why the line is don't ever start the process. Come on, PD, that's silly, that's foolish. Is it? By whose standards? I'm calling it to a new standard. Job 31.1 says this, take a look. I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a young woman. Come on, that's today, really, seriously? That's foolish, is it? How about this one? Don't be unequally yoked. Don't be unequally yoked. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 15 says this. Don't be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Nothing. Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? None. What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? There's not. Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Nothing. It's not talking about reaching out to them in a sense of being a witness for Christ. It's talking about getting a relationship. But let me say this, this is not really, I don't believe this is strictly unbeliever-believer. I'm talking about even two believers. One's super passionate on fire for the things of God and one's just going through the motion playing church. Well, how do I know that they're passionate for the things of God? Watch them, watch them. What are they like in church? Well, they don't really go to church. There's your first clue. Well, then when they're in church, you watch them. Are they worshiping? Are they ringing in, entering in? Are they opening their Bible? Is it, is it, is, are they, you're seeing change. Are they applying the word of God to their life? Now remember, you gotta be that one also. But listen, don't be unequally yoked. You gotta keep in mind that. Okay, let me give you the third one. And let me say this before I get to the third one. No missionary dating. But I know I can change them. I can influence them. I know they're not saved, but I, just, I know I can reach them for the Lord. Can I tell you, the Bible says that bad company corrupts good morals. It never says that good morals change bad company. It never says that. Okay, number th- the, the third thing, covenant pursuit. A covenant pursuit. When you get to the place that you're eligible or old enough or ready to date or court or maybe you're, you're that in, in season of life already to be with someone, then what does that look like? How does that happen? And I wanna say this, and again, this might be a, a little bit more uh, challenging and older in life, but you get your family and your support system involved. You get your support system involved. And no matter how old you are, you get your support system involved. That's why it's important to have a, a, a church family that you belong to if you don't have that healthy family. Because before you give your heart away, you need to have a support system involved because love is blind. It really is. And I'm not, I, I've heard somebody say it this way. I'm not, I'm not a hunter. I'm not. I like to go, and I, I don't really do much or kill anything, really. I'm just not that good. But I like to go. 
But here's what I know. Here's what guys tell me when they're waiting to get the big buck, the trophy buck. They get them when it's rut season, right? Or they use rut scent, or they make sounds. What that, that means is that's when they're looking for the dough. And so deer are super, super smart until they're in the rut season. When they're in rut season, there's only one thing on their mind. Bam, they're on your wall. <laughs> Come on, love is blind. Come on, we're the deer hunters in here. Come on, deer hunters. You spend a whole bunch of money on that rut scent or whatever and make those noise. I don't turkey hunt. I'd love to. I don't turkey hunt. But I, one guy told me once, I went one time with a guy and the whole time we're, you know, in camoed up and everything waiting, he's got the turkey caller thing. And you know what that turkey call makes the sound of? A female turkey. Why? They're trying to get the big Tom turkey. Why? Because love is blind. Why? And so you need to surround yourself with people who aren't. Come on. You need to surround yourself with people who aren't blind at that time. So they can tell you the truth. They can help you. They can help build a wall of cedars around about you if need be. We need to surround ourselves with people like that. What's your preparation look like? Do you have people like that in your life? Come on, pastor, that's foolish. Is it? What about, like, if they tell you, don't spend alone time with that person. Well, I, I, need, I need to be alone with them to get to know them. No, you don't. You get to know everything you need to know about them in groups. Listen, let me say why. Because there's only one thing you can't do in a group. Well, you shouldn't do in a group anyways. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Crazy world. <laughs> Further explanation, you'll need to go to Married for Life. Stop. I'm going to move on now. 2 Corinthians 7.1 says this. Therefore, since we have these promises, what promises? Of God's provision, of God's peace, of God's mercy, of God's grace. We have these promises, dear friends. Let us purify ourselves. Let's do what's right. And from everything that contaminates the body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God, perfecting holiness. Holiness does not mean perfection. We're not perfecting perfection. Holiness means we're set apart as special. Let's set aside our part as, ourselves as special for God. God will fulfill his promises in our life. And so it's not by getting the world's mindset and living up to their standards, by living by God's standards. Here's what I know a whole bunch of you sitting here right now agree with this message, but you'd say, you caught me too late. I wish I'd have heard this years ago. I wish I'd have heard this when I was a teenager. I wish I would have had a family, a church. I, I wish I would have heard that. And I, and I wish you would have too. And you might say, I've never heard this before. I, I've not held these standards even. I heard it, but I didn't hold these standards. I didn't hold God's standards. Or I've already been married before, maybe once, twice, three times more, I, I don't know. But here's what I know in a message like this, the devil's gonna bring everything in your past up and tell you it's too late. The devil wants to tell you it's too late, that you're already broken. But that's exactly why Jesus came, to fix you. To take that which is broken and make it unbroken. Amen? And listen, listen. When he came into a covenant with you and me, he knew every one of us would be broken. And he came still to fix us. For those of you who are out there saying, you know what, Pastor, you really just really kind of made me feel really bad about myself. Kind of made me feel real guilty a little bit. That was not my heart, my intent. But take a look at Titus 3. Let's change that right now. Titus 3 says this. It wasn't so long that we ourselves were stupid and stubborn. Hey, listen, you're not alone. We've all been there. We've all been there. It wasn't that long ago that we ourselves were stupid and stubborn, dupes of sin, ordered, ordered every which way by our glands. I love that. <laughs> ordered every which way by our glands. Going around with a chip on our shoulder, hated and hating back. 
But when God, our kind and loving Savior, God stepped in, he saved us from all that. It was all his doing. We had nothing to do with it. He gave us a good bath, and when we came out of it, new people, we were washed inside and out by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Savior Jesus poured out new life so generously. God's gift has restored, has fixed us back to unbroken, has repaired us with him and given us back our lives. And there's more life to come, an eternity of life. We start here today, fresh and new, amen, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We've all been there. We've all been there. We've all been there. But God is here to fix that which is broken, amen? I love that. We all need that. He wants to give us a bath, if you will, if I could take it, if I could say it that way. And it's available today, washed inside and out by the Holy Spirit. All of us needed a good bath, not just you. Let me close with this, what it looks like. Three steps, close with these three steps. Number one, how does that work? Confess sincerely. Confess sincerely. And confession means call it what it really is. See, here's the thing I think we need to be with God. We need to be completely honest because God sees it all anyways, but he wants us to be completely honest. We don't just come and tell him I messed up or made a mistake or I have this problem, we tell him where the sin is in our life. Call it sin. It is what it is. And sin is everything outside of the boundaries of God's word. I'm not talking about culturally correct. I'm not talking politically correct. I'm talking about biblically correct. There's things the world says is okay that we've bought into because it makes us feel better, but in God's eyes, if it's outside of his word, it's not. And we need to be honest and call it what it is. The Bible says that we call sin, sin. Anything outside of the boundaries of God's word. And there are things that we do that the world says okay, but God says are not okay. We need to call sin, sin. Why? And you know, I'm not gonna throw the first stone, but here's why. First John 1, 8 and 9. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess, here's a word, confess our sins, and our problems or mistakes or issues, call it what it is, our sin to him. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Why do we need to go to God and confess our sin? So we can find forgiveness and cleansing from that. Don't just mess around and dance around with a little problem, got this problem, made a mistake again. Call it what it is to him, he knows anyways, but he wants you to come that way, completely honest to him, and then he'll come and bring forgiveness and a cleansing in your heart and in your life. I love that. We wanna be honest with God. He forgives and cleanses us. Number two, repent fully. You want this bath from God, you need to repent fully. Well, didn't we just do that in confession? No, repent's different. Repent means to change your direction. Repent literally needs to cha- means to change your direction. Uh, too many times we raise our hands in church, we, we pray the prayer, and then we go outside and we change nothing. Everything's just as it was. We go back to living the way we were living. We're back in the wrong relationship. We're looking at the wrong things. We're, we're talking to the wrong people. We're, we're going to the wrong places. We're, we're doing the wrong things. We change nothing. But we need to repent. Repent means to change what you do. So we need to stop some of those things. You need to stop, and you know what it is. You need to break up with that guy. Well, he's gonna be mad. Well, tell him to call me. <laughs> Not my cell number, but he can have the office number. Stop it. Just stop it. We're talking about your life. We're talking about God's plan and purpose for you. Stop that. Quit sending those emails. Quit doing that. Quit going to that place. Quit hanging out with those people. Just quit it. Stop that. There's greater things at stake here. You need to do something about your situation. You need to block them. You need to unfriend them. Whatever it takes. Confess sincerely, confess sincerely repent fully. And number three, last one. 
commit wholeheartedly. Commit wholeheartedly. And this is an important one because when you take something away, you need to fill that void. Because what'll happen, if we don't put something in that empty space, we'll be right back to doing it again or filling it up with wrong things. So you remove those things, those relationships, those things in your life, you need to commit wholeheartedly. Let me just give you this in committing wholeheartedly. You need to do something to fill that void. Let me spell it out this way because we've already talked about healthy family. Some of us don't have that in life. But let me say this, whether you do have a healthy family or not, you need to have a church family. So I'd say commit wholeheartedly to a local church. Doesn't have to be this one. There's a lot of good ones in the area. I can give you a list of a lot of good ones in the area. If this one isn't for you or whatever and it's not for everybody, it's not gonna hurt my feelings, that's okay. But listen, you need to commit to a local church and then you need to come. You need to come consistently and regularly. You need to build those relationships, be around the word, be around worship. You need to be where you're entering in. You need to serve somewhere where you're serving other people and using your gift. You need to give, give of your time, give of your resources. You need to go and you need to get in groups and you need to participate in church events and activities. Why? Because you have to fill that void with something and this is something life-giving that will help you. Commit to something and all this works easier. Commit to live for God. Focus on doing what to do instead of what not to do. See, we need a purpose to live for bigger than our problem. I'm gonna close with this scripture. In fact, we're all probably familiar with it because if you walk into the gathering place, you see it every time on the wall, Jeremiah 29, 11. Why do we need to commit to something? Why do we need to, to, to confess sincerely? Why, 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 do we need, why do we need to do those things? Why do we need to repent fully? Because God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, for I know the plans I have for you. God has a plan, declares the Lord for everyone, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. We're talking about our future. But then he goes on to say this. We have that one scripture on there. He goes on to say this. Then you will call on me and come to me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart or wholeheartedly. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. That's good news. Don't feel that you're bound up and you can't find freedom and break free. When you commit wholeheartedly, God brings you out of that captivity. Whatever that is in your life, you don't know my past. I don't need to know your past to know your future. Because it says right there on that wall, based on a scripture, he says, I know your future. You can come out of that past and find the freedom from captivity by committing wholeheartedly to God and the things of God. But you gotta make the choice. God has a plan for every one of you. Living single but unbroken in a broken world. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.